Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one, you have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to The Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan. Today I have the most fantastic guest for you. She's an international speaker and executive coach specialising in turning experts into thought leaders and published authors. She's authored and co-authored nine books, including 24 Garrett Bold, which Seth Godin said, this is the first thoughtful book I've seen on what it means to become a thought leader, practical and inspiring at the same time. What an accolade that is. Her latest book, The Thought Leader, challenges leaders to become more thoughtful in all senses of the word. Native to New York, she currently resides in the UK where she operates two businesses. She's the founder and chief exec of The Book Midwife, an elite book coaching company, and Panoma Press, a cooperative publisher of business and personal development books. Her TEDx talk, entitled Sometimes You Need to Change Yourself to Be Yourself, has hit nearly half a million views. Wow. And it showcases her passion for helping people from all underrepresented groups to become leaders and from all people to approach life more thoughtfully. She has an enviable list of more than 700 published clients who have become real thought leaders and success authors. She's been an international speaker for 25 years and presented to and coached over 50,000 business executives and entrepreneurs in 18 countries on creating powerful content and thought leadership. Her own online and offline content has been syndicated, licensed and showcased worldwide. As a regular media contributor, she's featured over 100 times in national and specialist press, radio, television over the past 10 years. She is a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, as well as executive media in several countries. Please welcome Mindy Gibbons-Klein. Mindy, hi, how are you? Uh, I'm great, James. That that was really fascinating. I, I, you know, I love to hear about myself. And um, thank you so much for giving the opportunity. <laughs> Do you know what? I, it's uh, it's funny when you sit and someone reads a, reads uh, an intro about you, and you think, oh, I'm not bad, am I? I'm pretty good, really. Mindy, you're you, are you in the, you in Britain or the UK, uh, in the states at the moment? So now you're doing something in New York soon. Yeah, I'm back and forth, back and forth. So I am, uh, as as the listeners are listening to us live, I am in New York, I believe. <laughs> every every month, I'm in in uh, both countries as well as usually one or two others. And you were telling me before we came on air that you've uh, you've been jet setting a bit recently because you had a, a big wedding anniversary, which is uh, which is amazing in Barbados, and then you were. 
previously at Disney? Have you? Yeah, is that, was that the right way around? <laughs> yeah, but not not on the same trip. That they, they, <laughs> the two trips were separated by about twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Oh right, okay. Because you you said your son was dancing in and and in a show. Oh, you're oh, right. That was that was two years ago. I think right, we're living okay. track. You're right. He was in Disneyland Paris. <laughs> Fantastic, wonderful. Look, it's it's really great to have you here, and and, and thanks for taking the time out because I know how busy you are. Uh, Mindy, what's a thought leader? When when someone says to you, you know, I'm a thought leader, what does that really mean? Well, first of all, our clients are trained never to utter that phrase. And right. I would encourage and urge the listeners never to use that phrase, I am a thought leader. I mean, how naff right. is that, right? <laughs> okay. um, so what what we really hope is that if you do the work, and you get your thought leadership, your best content out there, your best books, your best keynotes and videos and podcasts, then others will start calling you a thought leader. What it means is you have something unique and different and interesting and original and exciting to say. That's all it means. Ah, fantastic. Because I've got a little bee in my bonnet about entrepreneurship um, and Mm. people calling themselves an entrepreneur. And I think it's actually something that someone says about you not not that you say about yourself and I guess that's where you're coming from once you yeah. once you're yeah. out you know people will look at you and say wow this person really is is you know I'm enjoying listening to them I'm enjoying reading what they're doing um they're helping me yeah okay and so how does how does the book part of that fit in because that must be a major major piece well, yes. Um, a lot of people have been told, write a book and you'll be a thought leader. And um, that may or may not be true and it may or may not happen like that. Yeah. What, what I found through 17 years of running the book Midwife is if you put together your best material into your best book, a, a true thought leading book that's saying something new and different, then you do gain a lot more traction. So thought leadership is a lot more than a book. If, if somebody works with us on our thought leadership strategy programs, they end up getting complete clarity on their messaging and content for all their stuff. Right. However, the book is at the hub of a good thought leadership strategy. And I would say that if you try to be a thought leader without a hard-hitting thought leading book, you're going to work a lot harder. You can do it, but right. a great book just gives that focus to your audience. Okay. And so, I mean, a lot of people would say, you know, I've got a book in me or it can't be that hard. Um, you know, having having published one and working on another one myself at the moment, I know that's not the case. It is a lot of hard work. Typically, how, how much work is, is putting a book together? Right. Well, typically, uh, people spend about 200 hours doing everything that it takes to bring the book to the market. Right. And... Um, you know, that's fine. But we in our programs, people do it in 100 hours. Not only that, but typically people take six, nine, 12 months, two years or more Mm -hmm. to put those 200 hours in. So they spread it over a long time. Whereas our programs offer 90 days guaranteed to have your best book done and you will have spent a hundred hours. So it, wow. you know, it is, it does make it a lot easier. Of course, if you haven't got any help, if you're not on a program, if you're not getting any guidance, if you're just guessing, if you're doing DIY on the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. yes, it's hard. It's hard. Right. I watched your progress and, you know, and you were amazing and inspirational, but I can't tell you how Thank many you. times, James, I thought, I wish I could intervene here, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Mindy, after we go off air, we will talk about that. I, uh, I, I never, ever stop looking for help and never stop looking to learn. Um, you, know, you can bumble along a lot. And, you know, like, yeah. like everybody I think I've made as many mistakes as, as the rest of us, but it's always nice when someone says, whoa, stop that. What the hell are yeah, you doing? Yeah, no, look, it's you know? fine. It's great to have confidence in what you're doing. But, you yeah. know, a book, uh, can I just say one more thing about books Please. since you asked? Please. A lot of people see a book as a marketing tool, and right. it can be one, but a thought-leading book is a lot more than that. So if, if you, let's just say, you uh, put relegate the book to that kind of um, level, and you say uh, the book is just a marketing tool, then it's going to come out like that, right. and it will appear as just a marketing tool. Whereas working with thought leadership and books together Make sure that the book really does showcase your best thought leadership. It's, you know, when we want to be spiritual, I say to people, it's a sacred part of you that's going out into the world. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who don't subscribe to that. They just want to slap something together, anything. And there's unfortunately people out there who are saying, just put anything together, speak into a dictaphone, we'll get it transcribed in another country. Voila, there's a book. Yes, it's a book. But I, as you can tell, I'm passionate about people putting their best stuff out there because it reflects on us, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you want people to read the thing. Um, yeah, you know, I want them to be impressed when they do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, anyone anyone can self-publish any old nonsense, but it, it you know it, the, the amount of time and effort that goes in, you, you'd think it'd be better probably to produce something decent um, yeah. that does something for you. How I mean, obviously, you know, being a thought leader or, or pushing yourself in that direction is fabulous. Personally, how how does it affect your business? So most people who we meet, so in you know in our programs, coaching, they are. Entrepreneurs, sorry to use the word, <laughs> but well, you're they, that. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. They've started a business, and um, or they're a professional in corporate. Right. Typically, they've started something. So, um, some people say, "Well, you are the business." That's not necessarily true because if you are the business, as you know, you can't then sell it at some yeah. point. Yeah. So, to leave complete flexibility, we like to make the business owner or founder into a, a thought leader. Right. And then the business can do what it needs to do. Obviously, if a business is being run by a thought leader, then it's going to have a better uh, impression on the market, shall we say. It, sure. So you, you do gain in both areas. But I would caution people uh, not to tie them together too closely and um, make sure that you as a person, be it entrepreneur or business owner, expert, whatever you want to call yourself, that you have your own identity and brand separate from any and all of your businesses. I'm running four brands at the moment. I don't. I push back when people say Mindy is the book midwife. It's not true because the book midwife is a brand. It's a global trademarked brand. It's a, a movement. It's a you know a, an award winning program. So how can I be the book midwife? I'm the founder. Sure, of course. I think that you know that there's um, there's a big distinction there, which is quite interesting that you've you've talked about. When, when people come through the program, obviously it's, uh, you know, they start at a point with an idea and they end up with a, with a, a product at the end. Have you got sort of examples of, of businesses where it's really changed what they've done or it's really driven them forward after, after completing things? Absolutely. We, so I've personally worked with a thousand clients over 17 years. 
<laughs> and uh, many of them, I have done one-to-one work because over 17 years, I've been able to do a lot. I've done group programs as well, but mm-hmm. the ones that I you know, really know intimately and what they've done with their business, well, that's not true, actually. All of our published authors come on a monthly webinar with me or they're invited to. And so I do hear about what they're doing, a lot mm-hmm. of success stories. Um, there's a lady called Catherine Lovewell who yeah. – Uh, put her book together on one of my group programs. And the book is Every Teacher Matters. Mm -hmm. Now, who doesn't know a teacher who's stressed? (laughs) And (laughs) right, that that it's unfortunately a sign of the times. And this is her expertise. And she's gone on and on to do so many great things. And in the couple of years after the book came out, she was invited to speak for, I think it was Google and Microsoft. She was speaking in Australia, Ireland, Wales, all over the place. And it really, really raised her profile because she put time and effort in to doing that type of book, a really impressive book. Um, And I think you know Simon Zucci, who we speak about. Yes, let's turn out, look off. Um, (laughs) 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 Sorry about that. Um, So Simon Zucci, I like speaking about him because he's a nice guy as well as being an expert in property. I don't know if you know him. But we've done nine property books. You're not. Oh, you are, yeah. So nine property books, and his has been the, the kind of forerunner of this category for us because we're now in the 10th year of publication. So he and I worked together 11, nearly 12 years ago to put together, he did the coaching program. And then when the book came out, it's just sold and sold and sold. And it's been in the top 10 for all 10 years. We're in the sixth edition. And he and I have just calculated that we've shifted over 200,000 copies of that book in the 10 years, um, including ebook versions and audio. But it, I mean, that most business people don't even sell 2,000 copies of their book in, in its lifetime. No, 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 not at all. That's a, that's a huge number. We, you mentioned ebooks and 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 audio, but uh, surely that's a massively growing category, especially the audio side. It is, and I would encourage and urge the listeners to think of the book as the book and all mm-hmm. of those formats as formats. So the reason why I'm being specifically pedantic about this is people will think, well, I'll just do an audiobook or I'll just do the ebook because they're thinking it's faster, cheaper, easier, whatever. Yes, yeah. and who has been impressed <laughs> by some thought leadership that's just from an ebook or a you know a, a, a report, special report or something? You know, it's mm. very very difficult to get the same level of recognition if you don't do the the hard hitting, good quality book in print. You know this because you've done a book in print, and people who only do an ebook are missing out tremendously. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I'm, I'm a funny person. I, I listen to a lot of books. I travel a lot. And so I find audiobooks fabulous. But mm-hmm. then I will very, very often buy the hard copy yeah. um, once I've listened. You know, a novel, doesn't matter. No. But um, I like to go back to business books. I like to reread. I like to, you know, scribble on them. and not Yes, highlight them. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, a phys- <laughs> it's a physical thing for me. So, um, you know, I, I end up giving people a lot more money because I buy both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is what yeah. we like. We publishers yeah. like that. Um, yeah. yeah. I think to, to answer the question, I know the question you were answering and not yeah. my soapbox answer, but uh, the question is, you know, is, is it a growing trend, et cetera? Yes. And the main reason for uh, bringing out your book in multiple formats is to give your market the choice because there's people like James who really want to listen to 
the audio version. My husband listens to audio books, some good friends of mine. I don't happen to. So right. I need the print book. And I would say do all the formats for every book that you do. And that way you're not missing out and your, your market is not missing out. Oh, absolutely. Very good advice as well. And so how does, I mean, obviously we, we, I, I talk a lot about service and, and yeah. excellence. How does, how does producing a, a really good quality book affect the service for your business? So our authors are coached to use their books in specific ways. And I'm sure most of the listeners and yourself have heard of most of these things, but the focus is on making sure that you give a copy of that book away to anybody who you're trying to talk to, speak for, influence, sell to, partner with, and that book goes ahead of you. What we find is that, um, you know, instead of being in your face and having a 45-minute sales conversation or, you know, trying to close the deal over coffee, you let the book do the work for you. So if you've done your job and put together, you know, your best ideas and you've got Uh, tremendous value in the book. They can read the book at their leisure. They don't feel pressurized. You're not there staring them down. So they get to take their time with you, usually on average five or six hours of their life, if if they keep reading, is spent getting to know you, your ideas, your content, and, and your thought leadership. And then what happens is kind of amazing. They call you, and there's a much different dynamic in the relationship. You are actually serving that customer or that client or partner, by allowing them to read and and think and decide and buy. So they're buying and they're coming in a completely different energy. They don't feel defensive like you're selling to them. And and that is, it's a service. It's also a service, if I might say, to showcase what you know and to put forward really radical ideas. I had a client on the phone yesterday who's saying something really groundbreaking and like to the point where I had goosebumps and I thought, boy, I said, are you okay if people lash back? Because, you know, this is going to stir things up. He said, absolutely. Because he has something important to say and it's coming from his point of view. I'm excited about it. I'm kind of scared mm-hmm. as well. But what you're doing is you you are doing a service for the market and for the person who's trying to decide. Because as we know, it's a noisy, crowded world out there. And yeah. you go online and, and there's so many people spending time and money and doing clever SEO. And so if you Google something, you know, where do I find, you know, the best customer service trainer? And it, you get inundated. So you're actually doing someone a service when you put forward your thought leadership in a good book that that helps them select the best quality product or service. It's a bit cheeky, that answer, but it, I think it really is a service because you, you help them save hundreds of hours of, you know, wading through all of that other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I love that idea. It's, um, I'm very keen on personalization and, and humanization of businesses and, and bring, you know letting people see the real you. Um, I know I've, I'm interviewing somebody for this show in a few weeks' time who um, his PA got in touch with me and said, have you got the books? And I said, oh, I've got a couple of them. And so a package arrived this week with five books. Great. Um, and I'm wow, that's fantastic. And not only am I delighted to have received a present, which is, you know just feels nice, um, and books are a lovely gift, um, but then I can sit and really get into into the mindset beforehand, which is even nicer. So I completely, completely buy into what you're saying. I think it sounds like a, a an almost no-brainer for someone who's gone to all the effort of putting that 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 book together. 
Yeah. I know you talk you talk a lot about and you your your ex your TEDx talk um, a lot about helping underrepresented groups and um, you know I, I have a very big passion for um, helping people particularly in business with with mental health and and changing mm. the the stigma attached to mental health in in the workplace. Um, what has what has that TEDx done for you? How's that changed your life and what you do in your day? So it's it's allowed me to speak on a related topic because you know what you can find is if you become an expert, you 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 get asked over and over again more and more to do the same content, and you get known yeah. for that, which is great. But yeah. you know we're all multifaceted human beings, and we yeah. all have different interests and different ideas and different passions. So in my case. It's allowed me to expand, and I've bridged the two. So I talk about thought leadership, but thought leadership representing our society or reflecting our society in, in you know, a fairer way. And, mm. and this has allowed people to uh, call me and contact me after my talks and say they, they feel safe. They, they want to actually have a chat. They didn't feel anybody would be interested in listening to them and their book ideas. And I'm delighted. I mean, we have more disabled people, more people from all other groups coming through and having the discussion about getting their books written and published. Because I think if they don't see those role models out there, and if they don't, you know, if they're not reading books and and hearing things that are coming from people like them or people they can relate to, then they just think they can't aspire to that. They think, well, that well, there's no female disabled, autistic, you know, whatever uh, person for me to model. And then they get a bit depressed and then they think, well, I guess I'm not going to become a leader in the, in the space. I mean, it's, it's kind of subconscious, but that is something that has to change. So, you know, I totally appreciate and love my middle-aged white male leader friends. And yet we really need to have some other representation, especially in business and personal development books, so that yeah. people get the sense that they are being seen and heard as well. I think we're living in an interesting time at the moment, and it's um, you know, you look look at history and you think it wouldn't have been lovely to be around when certain things happened. I think the change in people's perception of others and the the acceptance of difference that's that the world is changing through at the moment, I think, is wonderful, and it's um, it's great to be able to see. You know, people just being themselves and getting on with it. Um, you know, it also always irks me enormously when I see other countries sort of mm, putting laws in place, which, yeah. you, know, you know, so, um, but but that change that's happening at the moment means that everybody can be who they are um, and it makes the world a richer place. There's lots and lots of talk about diversity all the time. Yeah. Um, to me, diversity is much more about thought difference as well as, as physical, I mean, physical difference is something that, you know, will disappear. If I look at my children, I don't know, yours a little bit older than mine, Mindy, but, you know, they're, they're 10 and 12. And, um, you know, we would, we, my, my nephew is, is, is mildly disabled. He is sort of a limp and stuff. And, and when I mentioned it to my daughter, she hadn't noticed. Oh, um, and excellent. I think that's really cool. Um, and I think that is, you know, as the world becomes more accepting, then we end up with not only a better world, but a stronger world. And then yeah. we end up with leadership of people who previously wouldn't have had the opportunity. Uh, and I think that's that's something that you know when you're able to let help them put that into into print and bring their their mind out into the world, um, everything becomes a whole lot better. Yeah, well, you know, look, we I I'm I'm blessed with white privilege. I'm blessed with being in the middle class. I I've, I totally appreciate the advantages and opportunities that I've been given, 
And I'm, I'm aiming to give back, you know, with, with, without losing everything and losing my home, but <laughs> sharing, let's just say sharing yeah. the wealth. One of yeah. the obvious ways in which I saw I could do that was to do that talk and focus on uh, people being more accepting of others. But also, uh, I don't know if you've seen that Panoma Press, our publishing company, made a very public and very bold declaration on January 8th that 80% of our books this year will be by authors of underrepresented groups. So, yeah, that means women, black and minority ethnic, disabled people, LGBTQ community, and anybody else who feels that left to chance, they're not given a fair chance. And that is the difference. If you feel that you're marginalized and that you don't have a fair chance and it's not a level playing field, then investigate who is actually being proactive. I mean, we have we have a program, we have an initiative, a mission, and a, and a declared goal, as well as subsidies for these authors to give them help. And and this is this has totally changed things. Uh, it was a bit bold, and people in my family said, "Oh, do you want to do that? Because you know you might alienate others." I said, "I don't care because it's the right thing mm-hmm. to do, and it needs to be done." And I'm not going to apologize for doing what's right. Mindy, if I could clap online, I'll be the <laughs> hell out of you. I, no, it, I, an open door is a wonderful thing, and acceptance is incredible. And uh, I think that's—I I don't think that's a bold statement or a bold move. I think that's an important and a really great thing. And I wish you huge success with it. I can't imagine how that could be anything but positive for you. Oh, Mindy. thank you. It's uh, so when you talk about um, underrepresented groups. Obviously, there's the there's the very obvious, you know, areas. Are there are there groups which are, are so underrepresented we don't even know they exist, or am I, yes. am I just sort of, no, yeah. well? I, I mean, this is what I think. This, everything I say, of course, is just my belief. But I we mm-hmm. have included in our discussions with people and the media uh, millennials because they're right. often maligned as oh, you know, they're flaky, snowflakey, whatever they are. Um, mm-hmm. Older people who are dismissed out of hand from ageism. Disabled people who are also veterans, people who've served our country, who have now landed on hard times or haven't had the support or they had undiagnosed PTSD or any number of things or a combination of things, and Mm -hmm. they are not being heard and they're not being seen and they don't have the confidence to, you know, even do the basic things, much less become speakers and authors. And, you know, that's just a real shame. I want to support anybody who feels they're not being given a fair chance and they have something to say. And in some cases, you know, James, it requires bringing them to that point because they, they're they so underconfident that mm-hmm. they don't even feel they have anything to say or they're capable of adding anything of value. And that I feel is one of my gifts is, is just from, you know, my career has been 50% coaching and 50% marketing through my whole life, through 35 okay. years of working. That's where I feel I can add something to show them and coach them to market themselves. It's, it's, that's so important. And then, you know, once they feel confident and they start producing uh, their thought leadership, their, their thought leading content, then mm-hmm. we have something to publish or you know, a speaker for your podcast or, you know, I'm going to be looking out for interesting people for you as well. Thank you. No, that'd be wonderful. I, um, I, th- you t- touched a little nerve with me there, or you, you sparked a little mindset, I guess, around um, veterans and, and, mm. and PTSD and things. My, my family were Holocaust survivors. My grandmother went through Auschwitz and my grandfather was in Siberia. And, you know, the, the stories that you hear from times like that, 
um, are very limited because a lot of those people didn't want to talk about those things. I know, you know, talking to to friends in Australia who's uh, where, where I'm from, there, whose whose grandparents fought in in wars, never really spoke about the, mm. the, the hardships and the things that they went through. And I think, you know, it, it's a shame almost that a lot of that is lost. And I hope that you know these newer uh, people who are still alive to, to to recount stories do so because it's better for us to understand the past. Um, but also to get them, we have some kind of understanding of who they are and why they are, how they became. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's kind of getting lost. And I'm happy to be a part of that. And I'm also conscious, I'm always conscious of not forcing anybody to mm-hmm. step up and be in the spotlight. You know, it's not about that. It's about yeah. somebody who has that kind of kernel of interest, that spark but then they damp it down immediately with something that's coming from fear or self-doubt or conditioning that, oh, now people who look like me are never blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's that's interesting um, to catch somebody and recognize that actually they, they do have potential and they would like to. So, you know, people are always saying, oh, Mindy, you know, when you're speaking to groups, are you trying to convince them to write a book? I say, absolutely not. No way. Right. What I'm looking to do is find that person who, and and the book is a metaphor, of course. So I'm saying, you know, do they want to be writing and speaking, et cetera? But, you know, do they want to do it? Like they, they, they have the spark, they have the interest, they'd love to do it. It's on their bucket list. It's, but they are at risk of never doing it or taking too long or getting into a muddle or getting to the end and not being sure about it or not being willing to publish it. or it's There's so many ridiculous ways in which we stop ourselves and sabotage ourselves. That's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's a, a good conversation to have as well. How does somebody, at what point does someone say to themselves, do you know what, I should give Mindy a call? As early as possible. So here's where I get to um, be a bit vulnerable and say, I kind of screwed up with our brand name. So the book midwife, the book midwife is very clever because we pull the book out of someone. However, if you think about it, the midwife comes in at the end when you've already conceived, carried that baby for nine months. She, you know, enters the room and and delivers. They're not there at the beginning, thankfully. (laughs) Well, normally she's not there in the bed with you, et cetera. But I would say that um, the services that we offer is also a fertility clinic, if you want to use the metaphor. What that means is a lot of people contact us and they say, yes, but I don't really know what I'm going to write about. Perfect. I don't Mm -hmm. really know if I know enough. Perfect. I will show you that you do. I don't really know you know, how I'm going to put it together and how I'm going to how, you know, and they they make all these obstacles. Let's chat. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm always saying to people, look, it's always worth a chat. It's worth a chat. It doesn't cost anything except a little time. And I create a lot of time in my calendar every week to chat with people. I've had about 10 chats this week from getting back from Barbados. Right. Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, chill, man. You know, Caribbean vibe. I've still um, brought some back with me. Yes. But yeah. what I really want to do is help people open up. They think they have to shut down they think they have to narrow down their ideas they think they have to put together you know their 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 first draft and then contact us or you know mm-hmm. they don't even have to in fact they shouldn't figure out an outline and a structure and because that's what we do together it's very difficult right. for me to explain that because 
you don't find that most places. Most people think, well, let me write my book and then I'll find somebody to tell me if it's any good or, or too late. We don't even do that right. service because it's the wrong way to go. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's uh, it's uh, been absolutely fascinating <laughs> chatting with you. you know? So I think we could go on for hours if, if, if oh, yes, we were allowed. <laughs> what, um, so what? how do people get in touch with you, Mindy? What's the, what's the best way for them to do that? Okay. So I have so many websites, Twitter IDs, Facebook pages, LinkedIn, Instagram. The best thing, of course, is to go to bookmidwife.com. And book midwife is also one of my best-selling Twitter IDs, if you want to call that, and most successful. Also, mindygk.com. Now, mindygk.com is supposed to be our, our umbrella site, which has all my books and speaking and things like that. It's about me, which I cringe. Okay. You know, I hate having it be about me. But if you want to contact me, mindygk on Twitter yeah. or, yeah. The website. Lovely. I'll, I'll pop the links in the in the notes and, and underneath the show for people as well. Mindy, before we go, I'd love you to leave a thought. What's that golden nugget, that one thing that you'd like to leave people with that they could do to make their businesses better today? Okay. This is a nugget from my latest book, The Thoughtful Leader, which <laughs> is almost four years old now. Uh-huh. And, and yet I think it's the thing that we all need to practice. And that is uh, make sure you're aware of your influences and your influencers and be aware that you are capable of choosing those influences and influencers. And the reason why I say this is we are subjected to so much spam, <laughs> actual advertising, things that people have crafted very carefully. It's just being, we're being bombarded with people's messages, all trying to influence us in different ways. Even when I, if you go to a conference, just stay, stay true to yourself, stay in a little bubble, and don't immediately start nodding at things that people are saying from the stage. When you read a mm-hmm. book, don't take that as gospel. I, I just find so many people are being led and easily led, and, and it, we don't need to. We're all individuals. That's my message. You are capable of making your own decisions, taking in all of that influence from everywhere and 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 actually reflecting and deciding what it is that you think and you believe and then you can actually produce thought leadership you could be more thoughtful you could just be happier wonderful mindy thank you so much that's a superb way to finish the show off thanks so much for your time and it's uh, been great chatting with you thank you for having me it's been a delight i hope you really enjoyed this episode of the only one business show and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts. And in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.